0: Yo, yo, yo. What up, guys? Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. We are officially brought to you by Lace Races, but more importantly, this is a podcast for you, for you, for the listeners. We appreciate you guys listening to our very first episode last week. I am Jacques Slade, uh, but as you know, I couldn't carry this show by myself. Um, Believe me, I've tried. But I brought along two incredible human beings that know a lot more than me, and they're really what make this show interesting. Nick, go ahead, tell them who you are and what you
1: do. Uh, Nick Engval, and I uh, run a site called Sneaker History. I've done a bunch of stuff in sneakers over the last uh, decade or so, and um, but most importantly, Tiffany, who is uh, the most uh, important person on the show. I don't know who you are. <laughs>
2: I'm not the most important. Uh, my name is Tiffany Beers. I used to work for Nike. Uh, now I um, have a YouTube channel and this podcast, and I do some consulting and innovation.
0: Again, um, I, I said I was going to do this every episode, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay true to my word. Uh, so you guys listening, if you've never uh, listened or watched this show, uh, Tiffany Beers is a um, I would say the the mind behind the the Nike Mag, you know the one that's selling for like 10, 20, 80 whatever thousands of dollars it is. Uh, yeah, she did that. And um the Hyperadapt, you know the shoe that's only like $720 and that laces itself based on some sort of uh, wizardry. Uh yeah. She did that as well, but you know, she just works at Nike and she consults, believe it at that. Yeah. Good one. Great one. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so let's kick off this show. Um, I, I've been trying to find a way to put this. I've been thinking about this because we've been kind of sitting on this story. Um, but Tinker is angry and uh by tinker i'm going to say tinker hatfield uh for those that don't know tinker hatfield he is a designer at nike uh legendary status when it comes to sneaker and shoe design uh he created the air max one uh every jordan i believe from one to 15 plus more after that in and out and um he's just a guy that is loved by the sneaker world but he's also an architect. Uh many people don't realize that. People see him as just like a sneaker designer but he also did some architect architectural stuff. I'll get that out. And um he has an issue with the University of Oregon. Um for those that don't know uh, the- Tinker went to Oregon, correct?
2: Yeah, he went to U of O. Uh,
0: he went to U of O and he was a pole vaulter. And uh, he offered a design up for the legendary Hayward Field, which I did have the opportunity to run on once with Mo Farah. Humble brag there. (laughs) Um, But he doesn't like the new design that they're going to use. And since I have no, um, I guess, weight or insight to design, I'm going to lean on you, Tiffany. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on?
2: Um, So I think from the article, so there was an article in the Oregonian, I think from what happened is they, he put forward a design and a few other um, firms put forward a new design to optimize and improve Hayward Field. Um, And that's because of the Olympic trials and all these uh, big events that are coming up. So I guess they did not pick Tinker's uh, design and this article talks about why he's upset about that. Uh, And he he brings up several interesting points. but. For a building that size and that much money going to it, I think they say how much is in there. It's gonna cost more than $200 million. Um, right. The, the big aspects, the two things that stand out to me of why he was upset was they're not optimizing it for athlete performance. So like the way the airflow goes through the stadium and the cheering and how the, the crowd can impact the athletes is gonna be diminished with the new design and then also they're saying that um like there's these i guess it's is it the south bleachers that have been there forever right and like it's a historical thing well they want to remove those and tinker's design was part of keeping those so it's a really interesting conversation what do you guys think
0: I mean it's this <sighs> kind of reminds me of uh is it is it what's the uh Levi's Stadium? Yeah and in San Francisco, mm-hmm. Santa Clara, sorry. Yep. where like people were fainting because they didn't design it very well and people are are getting too hot and they're fainting. Is that right Nick?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually seen that. I've been close but I haven't been in the new stadium, so. I I think I think it's kind of interesting though because it's it's uh, you can understand where he's coming from in a lot of ways, then you can also take that, you know, he's probably so much more passionate about it and so much closer to it as someone who's basically, you know, made their entire life surrounding Nike, Oregon, and and how close that relationship is, and, you know, him being involved in so many of the designs that Oregon has chosen to use over the years, I think. Um, But what I think is kind of interesting is, like, Like maybe, maybe there's, you know, those bleachers, those South bleachers, I believe is like, is that important? And I think that's the, the, the talking point of the whole thing, but it's just, it's one of those things where like me not having any attachment to the university of Oregon, I don't really know and and never being there, I don't really know what that is all about. And I can only relate it to something that like, I would know where, you know, like, you know you bring up Levi Stadium which is like where the 49ers play they used to play in Candlestick Park like it was a very emotional thing as a Giants and a 49ers fan who used to go to Candlestick Park as a kid. I went and saw like the last show at Candlestick which was Paul McCartney which was because the Beatles did their final show at Candlestick back in the day and it's very emotional so I can I can understand at least a little bit his frustration in like if he's going after keeping that specific element because it's a nostalgic piece and it's something that's iconic about the design that if they're going to get rid of it with someone else that's obviously not as closely tied to the school i could totally relate to that
0: yeah it's interesting like reading through the article you can see his his perspective is really focused on the athlete, and he really wants to make sure that the athletes perform as well as possible. But not only the athlete, he seems to have uh, like a genuine care for the community there as well. I think at the, towards the end of the article, he mentioned that they're building this 20-foot wall, and in his mind, that 20-foot wall is separating the community from Hayward Field and from from my experience at Hayward, it seems like that community is a big part of that field's success. That community really comes they come out to support and uh they come out and show love and and they're there for the track meets and they're they're there to encourage the the, the athletes. And he seemed very I mean I mean very focused on those small details um and it seems like the new design doesn't. Um, and I guess this kind of goes to what you were saying, Nick, that there is this this portion of the being integrated into that community and being a part of that community and and, and looking at all of those small little intricacies that someone else who's just doing a stadium redesign doesn't necessarily take into account, Um, I mean, because he says things, I mean, because he compliments the new design, he says it's beautiful, and that it looks great, and that it's going to look great on TV, he even calls it seductive, I think, at some point, which I don't think I would ever call a stadium, but I'm not Tinker, Um, but at the same time, he's like, it's going to look great on TV, but it's not going to be the best look for the athlete, and this kind of brings me back to the sneaker design thing of, like, if he gives this much this much passion towards um the design of a stadium like how much how much did he care about sneaker design and really giving the athlete the best thing possible when it came to the shoes that he put together
2: oh man he i mean he's so passionate about it i mean you can see in this article his his entire focus is the athlete um yeah i mean from my perspective and i worked with him for what eight years ten years um I mean, that was number one, always. Like, if you came up with a new concept or prototype or something, the first question is, how is it going to work for the athlete? What's the athlete? What's the athletic perspective? You know, so that's that's foremost number one for him. When you, when you talk about the wall, though, at Hayward Field, like, where it separates the community from the school – part of me wondered like is that a safety concern thing you know like there's a lot of mishaps at schools these days is is it is there a need for more protection around the athletic fields is that what they were doing there like i i didn't think of that until just now but um i i kind of wonder like actually behind this whole article like is tinker not part of the conversation because it feels like he should absolutely be and this should be a conversation and a discussion to meet in the middle what's best for the athlete the community everything Um, and I'm guessing he's not because for him to go public with this email, like I was blown away. (laughs) Like, holy cow. Wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He, he, he spares no punches at all. He's definitely, you can tell, you can hear the passion in his voice and, um, in like just reading the email, you can tell he's, um, I don't want to say he's angry. It seems more, and it doesn't seem that he's angry. He's just more concerned that they're going for, um, uh, what is it? Um. Not 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 function, but what's the word? Uh, beauty over function, I guess. Aesthetics, is, is yeah. Yeah. Aesthetics over function, and uh, he, he's definitely not that kind of. It's guy. kind of interesting yeah. the uh,
1: the comments. Um, there's a there's a a couple of them. I mean, a lot of people have you know obviously their own opinions, and some people are saying that like it's not that important, and you're not taking in. It's it's not a good place to see things anyway. But then there's one comment in particular that says that uh, there was a recent interview with a registered guard. That Phil, might, Phil Knight actually dismissed Tinker's claims and dispatched his own team to inspect the grandstand and came away convinced that the structure was failing. So, to your point, Tiffany, like the the safety there, I think like becomes a piece where it's like he's saying that describes it as safety hazard and potential liability, which I think, not knowing too much about this, you know, world so to speak, obviously like no matter how much you want to keep the old. Look and feel of something, it becomes that much more expensive if the actual foundation if the actual you know structure is you know in any way a liability. so
0: yeah and speaking of aesthetics over function, um, there's a new slide uh, out in the world. I don't know if you guys have seen it I have. Um, I feel like it's I feel like it's one of those commercials you see at night. It's like have you ever thought you needed an extra fanny pack somewhere? <laughs> What about a a fanny pack on your feet? A lot of people may look at you and say, hey, is that a fanny pack on his foot? And you answer them, yes. You tell them, yes, that exactly is what that is on my foot. And not only is it a fanny pack on my foot, it comes in different colors, if you were wondering. Uh, So these dropped last week, and I tried to get a pair. And Tiffany, you said you tried to get a pair as well, right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> they were sold out they sold out in like 10 seconds flat like this i think this is the cop of the summer and they're gone
0: <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird it's one of those things where i feel like it's one of those things where you think oh this has to be like a photoshop job like this isn't real but then it's real and and they sell and they sell out and 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 the the part that hurts me, is my, it's my favorite Nike slide, the Banasi, I, I think that's how you say it, or Banasi slides, is that how you say that? I don't know. Um, I think so, Banasi. It's my favorite slide, Banasi, because it's like the softest of the Nike slides, and they, they totally sold out, and it has a zippered pouch. Um, I'm going to ask, like, why? Anybody out
1: there? Anyone? Why? I mean, it's its totally functional, though, As as crazy as it seems... If you think about, like, if you're going to the beach or something, you could throw your keys in there. You'd probably throw your wallet in there, you, you know, like chapstick, whatever sun, sunscreen, whatever you need, and you don't actually need pockets on your, you know, bathing suit, so maybe it's like the future of, of beachgoers everywhere.
0: Uh, here's <laughs> my thing. Um, I, don't, I don't want your uh, sunscreen if you pull it off of your foot. <laughs> Um, just, that's just a personal preference. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be judgy, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you pull something out of the fanny pack on your feet, I'm not sure I want it. That's just, just being honest. Like I would hope, you know how you grab something that's really gross with like two <laughs> fingers like that's how I'm going to, if you pull your car keys out of your, your fanny pack feet uh, that's how I'm going to be carrying your keys to the car to go get my regular slides out of it. Come on John. Uh, no. I shouldn't say that cause the, there, I know, I say that but I was going to try to get a pair.
2: There's so. a lot of airflow there's a lot of airflow, it's not like it's coming out from under the sock liner which I have seen people pull money out from under the sock liner before yeah. and just like no.
0: oh, You know for me
2: I think I think like there's a lot of summer dresses that don't have pockets, and maybe you don't want to take a clutch, and so you just want to be hands free, and you can throw in some money, a credit card, like as long as you don't lose your shoes, you're good to go. <laughs> I
0: just, I just can't imagine someone reaching down to the foot. Hey, uh, how much is that? Thirteen twenty-seven. Hold on, just a moment. Oh, a change. Hold on, hold on. What if they have change in there? It's <laughs> jangling on just around. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, I I can't, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, fanny packs are in. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is just a sign that Jacques, you don't have that cool thing anymore and you don't get what's cool anymore. Because fanny packs are coming back. And I was, I was okay with fanny packs. Like, they're functional, especially being a guy that carries a camera around all the time. Having somewhere I can tuck a camera, like on a fanny pack or something like that, that's convenient for me. I just don't know how convenient it is to reach down to my foot to grab 13 dollars and 27 cents. I just don't I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> that's a good point, we gotta too, get because: a pair. we got to yeah, check them out.: I think so, I think so It's a good point, though, because oh, the yes. fanny pack thing, most guys aren't wearing it on their waist. they're actually just wrapping it across their chest now, right? Like that's the cool way to do it. So maybe these are just yeah. going to be like looped around the neck, you know, like a Oh <laughs> <God>. Bracelets. <laughs> yeah <laughs> bra
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they sold out, and uh, I'm looking at one of the tweets about this uh, from, from J23. Uh, for guys that don't know, follow J23. He does, does like, the, uh, the app with the release dates and all of that stuff. His tweet about these shoes was liked 13,000 times, and there were the conversation on Twitter. It looks like there was 5,135 retweets.
2: What? for this. See, it's huge. Yeah.
0: So like that, that and I'm going to read so okay, uh, we have to read through some of these tweets just um uh, so there's there's a tweet here. What does it say here? Uh, so I I found my new favorite thing. I found my new favorite thing. Someone please tell me where I can buy these. That's from Samantha Lionface Sam. Um <laughs> and just I, I I could I could just keep going on. Um what does it say? And get a matching fanny pack and headband. Okay, so some people putting together an outfit with these. Uh, that one was from Alex Whelan. and like they literally, there's there's literally five thousand of these. Oh, here's one. Uh, Mike Townsend. I will transcend the term father. I will be the ultimate dad. That's <laughs> see, and that's where I see, I see a dad pulling sunscreen <laughs> out of his sandals. No. Absolutely, a hairy toad just a dad with hairy toes and he's like Todd get over here and put on some sunscreen dad we don't have any well this is when you shouldn't doubt your father Todd and he goes into his fanny pack on his shoes and he pulls out sunscreen your dad is always prepared Todd and Todd is the most embarrassed kid at the beach because he's putting sunscreen on his face
1: that came from his father's feet
0: just putting it out there but but Just F- it fanny
1: there. pack Benassi sides, saving children's skin since 2018.
0: <laughs> since 2018, and I'm just I'm just amazed by this. Five thousand retweets and thirteen thousand eight hundred and forty five likes. That yeah, that's that, that doesn't tell you that people were feeling these. Um, I wonder if they're reselling. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out and see if they're reselling while we go to our next story. um Alright, so moving on just a little bit, uh, there's, I don't want to say it's a controversy, but there is um, some talk about Nike and their stance or what they're doing for the LGBTQ community. Uh, Sneaker Freaker posted an article uh, about Nike being called out for appropriating LGBTQ culture for profit. Now, this stems from their new Be True 2018 collection, which actually looks really great. The collection does look really nice in the in the background of the artwork or the marketing materials they used a triangle and the triangle uh if i'm reading this correctly was a sign from act up uh, it was originally reclaimed uh actually let me read this instead of trying to paraphrase um The triangle was reclaimed in the 1970s by pro-gay activists and was later adopted by ACT UP in its its memorable 1980s-era silence equals death campaign. Uh, And based on this article, according to Time Magazine... The brightly colored symbol is now often worn proudly, but it was born from a dark period in LGBTQ history and world history. Just as the Nazis forced Jewish people to wear a yellow star of David, they forced people they labeled as gay to wear inverted pink triangles. Again, that's from Time magazine. Now, Nike tends to do a lot of things where they they. Uh, create special edition footwear or special edition designs or whatever for certain demographics and minorities, but often they... At the end of that article or at the end of that press release, they say portions of that money will go back to that cause or to, to benefit that cause. Um, they do this with, the, um, with their, their, um, their Be True collection, not the Be True collection, sorry, the, um, the stuff they do for Black History Month. They also do it with the, um, what's, I'm sorry, what's the Native American collection? N7. That they do, the, uh, <coughs> yep. the N7, yeah, the N7 collection. Uh, but in this situation, it seems like that is not the case. Um, have you, did you guys get a chance to look at the article? What did you guys think about this?
1: I, I think that the the situation specifically with this one is um, they used some artwork that came from ACT UP New York, and ACT UP New York basically said, "Hey, you know, we love that you're moved by our work. How about donating proceeds to you know current work so we can continue on with our work?" Um, I, I think that. I think this is, you know, like specifically is like just, uh, there's a lot of gray area in this part of the sneaker world. Like you never really know where, you know, like what amount of proceeds, like what does proceeds actually mean, you know, and where does that money go? Like, you don't really ever see it. Right. Like it, it becomes, I think, I think, and it's not even just sneakers. I think this is much bigger, right? Like we oftentimes get caught up in the marketing element of something. And we want to support that cause we go buy a product that seems to support that cause you could look at you know Nike with their various things all the brands do it with a lot of different partners and a lot of different kind of sayings or slogans or let's jump onto this you know monthly bandwagon but then you have the same kind of thing that happens with you know the red iPhone and those kind of things where it's like everybody gets caught up in like, Ooh, that's cool. I'm going to go buy it. But what does that really mean? Like, are you supporting a good cause by buying that or are you just supporting a company that's making money off of the, you know, the actual community that those colors or themes or stories represent? And I think that in general, like, you know, this one, Nike responded to their tweet and said, let's talk. Our be true, be true team will reach out, um, on Twitter, but it's, it's just a, um, I think that it's not not fully addressed by companies and part of it could be that they don't want to say an actual dollar amount and I totally understand that but when it when you only see the front end of these kind of campaigns and never you know what could potentially be like the celebration of like hey we raised x amount of money for this organization or this group to support them this month or this week or this year whatever that is it leaves a lot of People questioning what does that really mean and where did that money go and how much of my money, you know, if I spent $200 on a pair of shoes, where did that money go? Who did that money go to support or did it just go right back into the shareholders pockets?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, they, Nike doesn't say that they're giving money to anyone, but I would be surprised if they weren't. They have a very strong internal LGBTQ community. I mean, uh, Nike's usually really good about this stuff. And then on the other side of it, though, I think like they're spreading more awareness, right? Like awareness is valuable, so I hope they do have the discussion with um, Act and they kind of figure it out because I think the shoes look great and it could be such a great, great combo and, and collaboration between um, the community and Nike and Act and everybody.
0: No, agreed, and I. I th- for me, I think the, the good thing about this is uh, I feel like all we, we should always keep corporations honest, regardless of who they are, whether they're Nike, whether they're Apple, whether they're Google. Um, I think we should definitely keep them honest when they dip their toes in the water for things like this. These are obviously really important issues to a huge segment of our population, and, and, and to just try to capitalize off them, obviously, is... is is bad in a sense if you're just doing it just because it's the cool thing but if you're really doing something to to help better the lives of those individuals that are part of that community the community that you're you're in a sense marketing to um i think that there is obviously some value to that And, and again like you said the the a big company like nike coming out and saying they're doing something like this is obviously great for in the, in that sense where it just puts the word out and and there's there's you know the name recognition, but at the same time being able to put dollars towards that because really at the end of the day Nike's doing it because there's dollars that are going to come in from it as well, so it's important that both sides see you know I guess both sides really really benefit from it, um, so I hope I do hope that they do have that conversation and and it was really cool of Nike to reach back out on twitter um and and respond to the founders uh, i think it was a founder or one of the founders of act was it one of the founders of act up i think so uh i believe it was jeffrey rosenberg he's co-facilitators um i don't know what that means as a facilitator but i mean that's i imagine sounds it sounds important to me um i'm a facilitator of this podcast <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i think that makes me important uh, so no, but I think it was awesome of Nike to reach out and say, "Yeah, let's." I will connect you with our Be True team to reach out, um, and I believe the Be True team is who handles the community aspect of what their of their LGBTQ stuff. So, uh, in a sense, you know, it's a, it's good that the message is out there. Um, it's good that Nike is being responsive for it, and um, in a sense, I wish other companies were as responsive and got back to people as quickly um, as Nike decided to do today. I, you know, I find that you know commendable that they. That they reached out in a public plat a public platform, like spoke directly to them. Didn't do it like behind the scenes, like "Hey, hey, we, we hear you talking, but you know we don't want to keep, keep this public." Yeah, I agree. The, but reaching out publicly, reaching out publicly, you know, for everyone to see, I think there's value to that. At least, at least to me, it is, um, and it speaks to their integrity and, and it speaks to where their moral compass sits with this with this issue.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I also think that there's you know this this one's kind of interesting because like the the act up is basically saying like hey that artwork is ours but you know that there's probably I mean there's just so many organizations that Nike could be involved with and, and donating to that you know it just happened to be that they ended up using you know artwork or inspired artwork that came from you know this organization specifically
0: good stuff good stuff alright uh, so let's transition a little bit and uh, before we transition we'd like to let you know that the outside the box podcast has our first sponsor and our first sponsor is a company called let me read this right because i'm told i need to make sure i read this correctly uh lace racers uh lace racers is a competitive uh so, sorry a highly competitive shoelacing racing league uh if you think you're the best at lacing your shoes you have another thing coming sponsored by Let me see, brought to you by the Lacers Competitive Shoe Lacing Racing League. Uh, They race every Friday down at Dan's Bar and Grill. Um, All you have to do is bring your shoes, bring your laces, and bring, it says here, not Twitter fingers, but sneaker fingers. (laughs) Uh, make sure you visit the Lacers competitive shoelacing racing league down at Dan's Bar and Grill thank you thank you Dan's Bar appreciate you guys uh, sponsoring the show Woo! I really don't uh, I don't think they're going to appreciate you laughing at their league guys they're very serious there's a guy there with a beard (laughs) All right, Uh, something uh, just in other news, moving on, uh, IG algorithm. So some information about the IG algorithm was actually revealed today, which was really exciting for me. But honestly, um, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, it left me more confused than I was before. Uh, It says that there are three main factors that determine what you see in your Instagram feed. The interest, which is how much Instagram predicts you'll care about a post, recency, How recently the post was shared with prioritization for timely posts over weeks old ones and relationship. How close you are to the person who shared it with higher ranking for people you've interacted with a lot in the past on Instagram, such as by commenting on their post or being tagged together in photos. So I'm still
1: confused. Uh, (laughs) Does that make sense to any of you? No, it's still confusing to me, too. I think that, like, it's as long as I don't keep getting, like, recently I've been getting the four or five day old posts show up, which clearly that person gets all three, right? Interest, recency, and relationship, apparently. I just didn't have any idea that those were the ways that they were saying, yeah, Nick needs to know about this from four or five days ago.
0: So, there's a few things here uh, that Instagram told Tech, and this article is from TechCrunch, by the way. Uh, it says Instagram does not hide posts in the feed. You'll see everything posted by everyone you follow if you keep scrolling. <laughs> so, if you're not seeing a post from a friend, just keep scrolling. Um, also, feed ranking does not favor the photo or video format. Um, but, but, here. People's feeds are tuned based on what kind of content they engage with. So, if you never stop to watch videos, you might see fewer of them. Fun fact. Um, Does not favor stories or live. Doesn't downrank users for posting too frequently. Doesn't give feed presence uh, preference to personal accounts versus business accounts. And shadow banning is not a real thing. And Instagram does not hide people's content for posting too many hashtags or taking other actions so uh my question is will this change the way you use instagram
2: no way i mean (laughs) i mean this is so confusing what's happening like can we just all post and check out each other's stuff and not have to have the corporation that runs it like modify and edit it like come on guys uh, no, this won't change anything about I po- how I post. Um, I wish it would filter out people that posted too much, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I think I think I read someplace that they're allowing you to mute people now. You can follow them, but then you can mute them. So, I mean, yes, maybe that's a way to uh, for the the frequent posters <laughs> dealing with them. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think this changes anything for anybody. I don't think anybody's gonna like walk away from this and be like, I I finally figured out Instagram. And I also think that like the, the, you know, non chronological feed, no matter where you put it, no matter what site you're on, I don't think anybody really truly enjoys it. Like why it's like, right. Like, okay. Now, now Instagram feels more and more like Facebook when Facebook changed that stuff years ago and we all got frustrated with Facebook and then Twitter's the same thing. I think that it, wouldn't surprise me if some company came along and just said you know what we're just not going to mess with the chronological order of posts that go out and you guys are going to enjoy it for a long time i would actually use that app because the reality is all these different platforms offer almost the identical you know same posting services promotions likes favorites all that stuff so
0: yeah, but then, I mean, then I wonder I wonder if it would turn into Twitter where you see people posting the same thing three or four times a day just because they know different people will see it at different times of the day. No. I wonder if that would. <laughs> no? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, would, All right. well, I
2: would hate uh, that if it happens. I would hate that. That happens on Twitter. I don't pay enough attention, I guess.
0: Oh, and then also in this article, it says uh, there's three other factors, frequency, following, and usage. Frequency, how often you open Instagram, as it will try to show you the best post since your last visit. Following, if you follow a lot of people, Instagram will be picking from a wider breadth of authors, so you might see less of any specific person. And usage, how long you spend on Instagram determines if you're just seeing the best photos during short sessions, or it's digging deeper into its catalog if you spend more total time browsing. So,
2: Hmm.
0: there's a a lot of different things there, a lot of different things there. All right. Now, on uh, keeping with the tech stuff, Apple announced a bunch of different stuff today uh, at WWDC, which is their developers conference. Uh, something that I've always wanted to go to, but I probably don't belong there just because I don't know anything about code. Uh, I know a little bit of HTML, but and you know I know Morse code, but I don't think any of that qualifies me <laughs> to go. Um, <laughs> that's that's just being honest. Um, but it's there's very cool. There's a dark mode, which is they're going to introduce on. Um, on Mac OS, which is going to be called Mojave now, I think that looks very cool. They're introducing stacks for your notifications. So uh, all of us use the iPhone. So you know how your iPhone has all of those notifications based throughout the day, whether they come from Twitter or Instagram or iMessage or news or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the new update, iOS 12, they're going to start stacking those together. So you just won't have this incredibly long list of notifications. So if if you get ten text messages from ten different people, it'll stack those all in one stack. And when you tap it, it'll expand it, and you can you know collapse and expand it, which I am going to absolutely love. Um, and they have a few, the few other things. Uh, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, uh, make sure you, you know, go to like Verge. They have all of that information broken out, or Gizmodo, or something like that. Uh, did you guys get a chance to catch it, or am I the only nerd on this podcast and watch the whole um, keynote speech myself? I
1: didn't watch the whole thing, but I just caught like bits and pieces of it, and then kind of followed along on Twitter from most of the accounts that are talking about it. I think the 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 two interesting ones, like you said, are the the putting all the notifications into one, like that. Just, I think. You've used an Android in the past, Jack, right? I think Android does that. And yeah, I, I think like yeah, it, it does. It reminds me of like old BlackBerry, you know, like which yes, I'm still like waiting for BlackBerry to have a resurgence, but um, <laughs> yeah. but I also was pretty excited about the the um, the FaceTime, you know, the group FaceTime thing is I could see being super super valuable for companies and for like I mean just like. My family, for instance, I would love to be able to have, like, the whole family, you know, like, have a conversation together once in a while, because we're all spread out in different states. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, 32 people, I don't know if I have enough friends that I actually would talk to all of them at one time, but right. it's definitely a cool feature.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, the, the FaceTime group calling, I really love that. That's going to be awesome. Actually, we should do a podcast that way, you know, yeah, see so if it do that works. That.
0: Yeah. Yes, and that'd be amazing.
2: I'm kind of also excited about the memoji.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun. It's like I always like it when the emojis look like the people because you, you I just laugh at it. It makes mm. me smile.
0: That's good. I'm not I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I think that that uh that's definitely a cool a cool thing. I don't know how much I will play. Like I thought I was gonna be really excited about the an emojis, and I realized that I didn't really use it as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, same here. Um, there's another thing though they do the uh, the measure app which I thought was really cool like if you're in construction or something like that being able to use the, the AR app so augmented reality is obviously a big thing so they have that measure app where you can l- literally measure things like in virtual world uh, I thought that was kind of cool that's awesome um, yeah a- yeah, that that seems that seems amazing. Now they just need one to weigh, so I can put stuff on it, like to weigh it. But I imagine people would crush their phones. But <laughs> yeah. Never mind, ignore that one. Uh, ignore that one, Apple. If you're, since I you're, know <laughs> you're watching this podcast, um, and then Screen Time, which is I imagine the kids are going to hate, where it is going to allow parents to control uh, how much time you can be in certain apps, or you could be on your phone from gaming to social media <laughs> to down to like the app. Like it allows your parent your parents can literally. Control how much you how much you use those apps, and then it sends a report. But at the same time, they have an adult version of that, which will send you a report (laughs) saying how much time you spent on a particular app. Which I'm not sure I'm ready to see how much time I spend on Instagram. But you know, (laughs) it's probably better. It's probably better that I do see that information. (laughs) I be honest, I
2: think we should take a guess before the app comes out on how much time we actually spend (sighs) to see how accurate they are.
0: Oh man! So here's the. yeah see my Instagram time it's research I'm doing research um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: a lot of studying uh-huh.
0: um, so it's not just socially I'm not socially active on Instagram as much I do a lot of research like there's a lot of camera and tech stuff happening so I mean for me
1: I, I, my, my I, I'm managing almost a dozen accounts right now so what? I probably spend I, I mean it's got to be like eight hours a day on Instagram, because I'm constantly posting for people, you know, like not not my own account, but like people that I manage the account for and just kind of community manage for. So uh, that for me has got to be just a ridiculous amount of time because I'm almost always on Instagram if I have my phone in my hand.
2: Wow. I mean, I check mine several times a day. Okay, I probably check it. Twenty or thirty times a day, but I'm on there for like two minutes max. Still, that's like two hours.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I don't. I don't think I could do two minutes max. Like, I get on. Like, I get. I just get trapped. I get trapped. I'll get on and I'll look at something and I'll be like, Oh, that's cool. And then I'll follow a hashtag. And next thing you know, I'm watching a video about <laughs> yeah. something. Then that video leads me to another video. And next thing I know, it's been like thirty minutes, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was literally just getting on to respond to a comment. <laughs> And, and i've been yeah. and i've been on for 30, 30 minutes um oh. but it's it's because i'm curious so it's not because i'm socially inept so <laughs> you know that let's put that out there and with, um, that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that uh we want to thank you guys for listening to the latest episode of outside the box podcast and <laughs> uh... i'm Jacques slade again you can find me all over the internet at Custo, which is k-u s-t-o-o um, I could not do this show by myself but before i get to them i have uh, one last update from the Lacers competitive <laughs> shoelacing league um, it appears that bob is going to be disqualified for this week's competition Uh, It was was reported that he was using Velcro on his laces, which gave him an unfair advantage. And he has been kicked out of this week's competition. So, big fans of Bob. uh, So, for fans of Bob, sorry, you guys. uh, You are going to be highly disappointed because Bob will not be there this week. Sorry to hear that, Bob. Bob, get it together. Uh, We hope um, you get things right. I was trying to make it through. I couldn't. I couldn't make it
2: through that's a stiff penalty uh, again
0: uh, <laughs> uh, uh, i'm Jacques slade uh but i'm here with two amazing guests nick go ahead tell them who you are Now they can find uh, you nick
1: Engval, you can find me on all platforms under nick Engval, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L. but most importantly tiffany tell them how they can find you
2: uh tiffany bears all platforms uh t-i-f-f-a-n-y-b-e-e-r-s
0: as always, guys, thank you for watching. If you have any comments on anything that we talked about today, feel free to leave us uh, leave us a comment either on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, or, or on YouTube. Uh, just let us know what you think about the show or if there's some topics you want us to discuss. Uh, and also, if you know any sponsors that want to sponsor the show. With that, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you or talk to you next week. Peace.